0: Say
1: it. Go get him. Go get him. Go get him.
0: So yeah, so they had that Looking big announcement. For a varmint. It was actually Three very feet dramatic. Long,
1: furry critter.
0: Might be hostile. <laughs> Every playpen, garden, <laughs> swimming pool, hotel pool, muni pool, hotel pool in that area. <laughs>
2: Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano.
1: Coming up on 712 this Friday morning, Wisconsin's Morning News. You have a story the other day that interested me. I'm fascinated by this. This could mean
0: everything, right? So doctors in New York earlier this week announced that they have successfully transplanted a gene-edited pig kidney... Inside a human who is pronounced brain dead. So this two-month experiment has gone on for about 30 days now with the kidneys. have seen the patient's major kidney activity continue, and it's the longest period that a gene-edited pig kidney has functioned in a human.
2: The pig kidney appears to replace all of the important tasks that the human kidney manages. That's
0: uh, Dr. Robert Montgomery. So why is this so important? Well, because... There
3: are over 100,000 people waiting... For a human organ in the U.S., and only a third, sadly, will make it across the finish line. So
0: now, if you're able to gene edit a pig kidney or some other organ, if necessary, and give that to a human in need it's another opportunity to save a life and maybe those numbers go down and if you're people. on
1: the bottom of that list right and time is running out right. for your life yes. and they say we can try this or do nothing and the do nothing is you'll likely be dead right you there's a try back. this absolutely
0: spirit so this is considered a success so more gene editing of hearts and other Organs like kidneys in this case are likely.
1: I'm just curious, though, about this because we, you know, we've dabbled in this area before. My yeah.
0: And there has been different types of pig organs or things like that
1: used. This isn't like the yeah. first time it's ever been used. My wife's grandfather famously had a pig valve in his heart. Like So this was decades ago yeah. had that we had some sort of heart issue. And okay. apparently the pig heart is very similar to the human heart yeah. in many ways. And so they were able to do that. And so he lived a long that's, life and whatever. Awesome. My question though, moving forward is, aren't we going more toward the whole, I mean, growing organs with stem cells and other things. I mean, we're already growing lab meat that we can eat. You <laughs> can eat chicken. That's so, not chicken. You're right. We can have lab chicken. if so we want. Are, Isn't, isn't the future really to be growing human organs with stem cells or other things like that, as opposed to harvesting them from animals and adapting them to humans. So meaning that this is going to be obsolete? Okay, like, you have you have a billion dollars. Which side of that technological advancement are, are you going to invest that billion dollars in?
0: Well, maybe one's more moral than the other one. Maybe that's part of the the play, the ethics of it.
1: Either way, I think we're growing kidneys in 10 years. <laughs> Just 10 say, okay. years we're
0: growing kidneys? In a dish? All right. I mean, we kind of technically are already with this, this gene-edited pig kidney in a way. No, that's the pig's kidney. I mean, like, from scratch. Ones. Okay. Growing it from scratch. Or we use just a 3D printer.
1: (laughs) 714, we've got sports coming up next. It's brought to you by Wisconsin Harley-Davidson in Oconomowoc, your destination dealer.
2: Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Make it three in a row for the Brewers as Austin Barnes hit a solo shot in the eighth, helping the Dodgers win their 11th game in a row with a 0 victory over the Milwaukee Brewers on Thursday night. Corbin Burns did get the start for the Brewers, did all he could do to help them out, went seven innings strong, allowing no earned runs. The Brewers' ace post game on his thoughts of the three-game sweep at the hands of the Dodgers. Yeah, obviously it was a tough series, but um, you know if we want to win the World Series, we're going to have to be teams, so, um, I think we got the team to do it. We can score runs when we when we need to, and we can pitch when we play defense. So that's what it takes to uh to,
0: to win the world series and get deep in the postseason. So yeah, it's a tough series, but you know, for gonna win the world series,
2: we've got to be this team. The Brewers with the loss lead the NL Central now by two games. They are right back at it tonight to begin a crucial three-game set down in the Texas against the Rangers. That game will get started at 7-10. Brewers warm up will get you ready tonight beginning at 6 p.m. Over to the NFL, where the Green Bay Packers wrapped up a couple of joint practices with the New England Patriots on Thursday. A rough day for the team and for the Packers' offense. A handful of fights breaking out during the practice resulting in players from both sides being asked to leave. Despite the tough day, though, for the offense, Jordan Love knows the standard in Green Bay is the standard. I mean, I think, like he said, the standards have been set. Quarterbacks that have been here before us, obviously we've had some really great quarterbacks here. The standard's kind of set, and you're trying to just continue to raise your game until you get to that bar and just continue to go past it once you get there. So obviously, you know, just going into year one, being the starter, just trying to go out there and have fun, play great, and just enjoy this process because it's a process. But I, I think the standards are set here. The joint practices are all complete for the Packers this season, but don't be surprised if you see any next year on the schedule for the Green Bay Packers. I, I just think there's so much to get out of it. and so. Especially when you're going against people that you know or respect, and how they how they go about their business and their oper- run their operation, I think that there's just so much good out of it. The Packers will kick off Week Two of their preseason against New England on Saturday at Lambeau Field, beginning at seven p.m. Do you uh, you tune into those preseason games, Vinny? How much how much of those games are you watching?
1: You know, tip, less and less over okay. the years, uh, but obviously, I think for a lot of Packer fans, it's with increased interest this year because you wanted sure. to see Jordan Love. Let's see him. Yeah. Up against and you know see how much he plays this week and things like that.
2: Told my wife, I said, clear the schedule for Saturday clear night. Clear the schedule. Nothing else happening. Right.
1: Seven eighteen on Wisconsin's Morning News. At seven twenty-two on Wisconsin's Morning News this Friday morning, well, it's expensive to stay in a hotel these days, no matter where you stay. Right? Oh sure, yeah feel like when I was a kid, one time my mom said it was $50 to stay in a hotel. And I was like, wow, $50 now that you, is a lot of money. you may be able to find a place well,
3: like
0: that
1: <laughs> right. if you look hard enough. But that's not where you want to stay. <laughs> so you want your stay to be pleasurable, nice. You want kids to be able to use the pool. And you don't want any snakes. Nope. Yeah, I think that probably goes without saying. The Country
0: Inn and Suites by Radisson. It's a hotel in Germantown. Had some unwelcome guests on Saturday. General Sentinel's got this story. Michelle Greasy says she and several of the other hotel guests witnessed multiple snakes slithering in the hot tub, the pool area, the the hallway, everywhere in the hotel on Saturday. They planned to stay at the hotel that night with her four-year-old son while they were visiting her boyfriend's mother. They said they were there. Um, The snakes ranged in size from less than a foot. To up to a few feet long.
1: Hey. <laughs> oh, I need Indiana oh. Jones here. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? I,
0: uh, snakes seen swimming in the hotel at the Country Inn and in Suites by Resin in Germantown. Around 8.30 p.m. Saturday, they had arrived back to the hotel. They are headed to the pool area when two other guests stopped them. The women warned them, hey, we just saw two snakes in the pool. One woman showed Greasy a video of the snakes and told her they'd removed the reptiles and informed the front desk of the issue. So, what did uh, Greasy and her son do? They went immediately back to their room. No. They, oh, let's go check this out. <laughs> okay, we better go have a look. <laughs> yeah, they said, oh, yep, there They're going to see these snakes they were in the, the hot tub. tub. Yep. They, they saw the snakes <laughs> swimming around. They think they came from a, like a grasslands area behind the hotel. Which, yeah, if, it's, if it's where I'm thinking of, I know the spot, right? It's pretty. I think we've actually stayed at this hotel before. Not stayed there, but like gotten, used this pool for like a birthday party sure, or something. Sure, something like that.
1: Um, I would not, make sense, right? You've got sort of a woody grassy area there. Yep. Yep. Before you, you know, talking like you're not talking like Germantown proper. Right. If you will.
0: Now, the one thing I would say though, like I'm almost positive that my kid told me that they found a snake swimming in the pool when we were up North a couple of months ago.
1: And these aren't poisonous. And, no, it's just whatever, tiny but little just,
0: wormy snake thing. I just didn't think anything of it at the time. Cause right. it's an outdoor pool and it's up North. Like anything goes up there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Grabbed the snake, threw it out, went in the pool. But this one, I mean, man, they're saying it was, they were everywhere, all
1: kinds of different places. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see that in the bedsheets. I guess we could call this the wildlife update segment because um, <laughs> yeah, apparently they're finding all these mink that somebody let out of one of those mink farms. Yeah, so up an
0: update, mink update. Workers at a fur farm in western Wisconsin are trying to recapture thousands of mink. That were released last week, apparently during a raid by animal activists, according to police. So this happened in Trumpolo County. They had a mink farm up there. Um, Some animal rights groups cut a hole in the fence to allow 3,000 mink to escape. And my question to you yesterday was, well, what do they eat? Um, And that's probably part of the issue here because some of these may not be able to survive. So they've been using traps and fishing nets to try to recapture the mink. But there's no immediate update on how many of the animals have been rounded up so far. They're working on it, says the the owner of the farm.
1: I think this is like a fugitive search, right? They found one mink shacked up with his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, they come to get him, and he's all fat and sassy, been living right, the free so, life
0: for a while. All right, so what would Tommy Lee Jones say yeah. in this situation? people! You got the whole thing? Yes. I got the whole no, thing. No, you got to add mink into to, it, though. Adapted? Yes. Adapted Tommy Lee Jones and Yo, the Fugitive. Fugitive
1: has been on the run for 90 minutes. Average foot speed over uneven ground for a mink, <laughs> <laughs> for a varmint, is four miles an hour. That gives us a radius of six miles. Now, what I wanted of each and every one of you is a hard target search of every gas station, residence, Warehouse, farmhouse, house, outhouse, a house in that area. In that area. Checkpoints to <laughs> 15 miles.
0: Your fugitive's name is Dr. Richard, Richard Kimball. <laughs> Say it. Say it.
1: Go get him. Go get him. Go get him.
0: So, yeah, so they had that Looking big Looking for announcement. A It was actually Three very dramatic. Three feet
1: long, furry critter.
0: Might be hostile. Every playpen, garden. (laughs) Swimming pool. Hotel pool. Muni pool, pool, hotel (laughs) pool in that area. Every country in and suites. So here's here's an interesting little thing. Every
1: extended stay, America. Every holiday inn. Go get them. Go get them mink.
0: (laughs) I did not know this, but did you know that Wisconsin produces the most mink pelts in the country? I knew we had a lot. I think Sheboygan County has some. All we ever do is talk about cranberries, milk. <laughs> how come we don't have... How many mink? barrels of mink? <laughs> yeah, how come we're Ugh. not talking about mink pelts? How come that's not
1: on the license plate? Because <laughs> it's not as much fun to talk about, right? <laughs> 727. Coats for a logo, just where the coat stays. <laughs> Eric said, <laughs> was it you that said yesterday? You said, what you. sound does the mink make? Yeah. And I mean, a... Ah. Yeah, said, which is... Wouldn't the sound be more like a zipper? Yeah, right. I don't. I Come don't know, on, man. News about your money, this week. Eric. That's out of bounds. Yeah, I, I crossed yeah. the line. News- <laughs> 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 Packers and Patriots go at it in preseason football tomorrow night at Lambeau Field. Brandon looks ahead in sports at 745.
0: Future has arrived in the city of Orlando. They have driverless shuttles.
2: Beginning later this month, you can be driven around the city of Orlando in a self-driving bus. It's called the Swan Shuttle, with SWAN standing for Shuttling with Autonomous Navigation, and it can seat up to eight people. It will take passengers on a one-mile loop throughout the downtown area for free. Jen Clark, CBS News.
0: So it just drives in a circle, eight people only, and it starts later this month. We
1: have a model for that in Milwaukee. Oh no, it goes no. in a circle with eight people.
0: They have a they have a driver though. The it does have a driver. Yes. And more people. You can you can see more than eight people on those things. Eight.
1: No, not the same. <laughs> we need a magic bus update actually. I still never rode that thing. Yeah, you promised you would. I did promise I wouldn't. Well, I, I mean I have wait. time.
0: I can't wait till you come back gushing about it. Oh my god, Ooh, it was it's really packed
1: full of people. I could plug in my phone. (laughs) You can. You can charge your phones on those. That's right. I know. That much, I'm going to ditch my car. Ride the Magic Bus. News is sponsored by Annex Wealth Management's Money Talk. That's heard Saturdays at 10 right here on WTMJ.
3: 741, Wisconsin's
1: Morning News. Do you want to... Do you want to tell the finger story
0: now? It is pretty amazing, though, isn't it? If you think about it. So
1: (laughs) why did we start talking about we're talking talking about about the pig pig
0: kidney, The pig kidneys, where they've been able to gene edit pig kidneys now and see survival in a kidney they transplanted into a brain dead man. So the kidneys functioned in perfect order for a month in New York. They announced that this week and they're very excited about it because there are 100,000 people on the waiting list for a kidney. And about a third of those get them. So they believe that being able to grow these kidneys using this pig gene editing system is a good thing and more opportunities for more people to live longer, healthy lives. And I was telling you that... So do you
1: want to share the story that <laughs> that caused you to think of? Well, the, the <laughs> so
0: <laughs> I, I had a great uncle who's long since passed. I knew him as a child. Back in the 50s, he was a farmer and he. Uh, my mother told me this story that he... He injured his finger pretty severely he jumped off a tractor and and really just he the finger was intact but the skin and just you ah, know not, not yeah. to gross people out but he it was bad enough where he needed to regrow skin enti- on the entire finger so back in the 50s what they did was as an experiment, they put his finger in his stomach so like right under the skin of his stomach and it was surgically inserted there for six weeks. Hang on so his hand was like his, at the abdomen yeah so his hand would stay on his stomach. Near his belly button or to the side of his belly button, and his finger was under the skin so they could regrow the skin cells all around his finger.
1: Okay, and then it was fully protected, and it's moist, yeah, and it's yeah, warm they, in there, it's right?
0: Enzymes or whatever start to take over and whatever, so it was an experimental thing. And it worked to a a, – it worked kind of because my mother tells me that – well, after the fact, like it did grow, but it was like belly skin, so it had like belly hair on it, and it looked kind of like a hot dog. It was so fat that he couldn't put gloves on. And oh, he'd constantly man. have to, like, bend it and work it. Otherwise, it would stiffen up or something would happen with the finger. So he had to, like, actually, like, constantly be moving his finger. Did he feed it stuff? Like <laughs> yeah. Did it, was it hungry? Right. Oh, but God. it didn't have a nail or anything like that. It just became this, like, pudgy. It's like a ballpark Frank one <laughs> yeah, those plumpers. Yeah, with, with hair on it. Right. Watch him plump up right there on the grill. <laughs> so I oh. guess you could argue it worked. But he spent six weeks in the
1: hospital growing this skin on his finger. To get that? want anyone ask him, would you finger. just assume it just lopped it off? <laughs> right. Or just go McCarron with it and just have the, <laughs> <laughs> Go McCarron.
0: <laughs> That's that, going McCarron. wasn't an
1: option at the time. <laughs> I told you, when I worked with Larry up in Green Bay, everybody knows Larry McCarron, Packers broadcaster, right? Packers Hall of Famer. And he had that one finger, I can't remember if it's right or his left hand, but his outside finger, his pinky yeah, finger, it's bent. is like bent at a 45 degree angle. And I think, what this, as the story was when I worked with Larry, they told him at the time, like, uh, we can either leave it or we can lop it off. And he's like, well, I'll just leave it, you know, yeah. whatever. But it became a thing and almost like a trademark for him. Sure, yeah. We did his Packer show. He always did a Monday night Packer show. And one of the giveaways, like for all the folks who would come and watch it live was, you know, those foam fingers that are the number one. Yeah. Except Larry's had that extra digit <laughs> hanging out. Larry's locker room. It's and there really, they'd all be oh, on it's TV. Fantastic. Ah. I love that. Have fun with it. See, your uncle should have done that. <laughs> yeah, should, Could have been had
0: foam. a sausage finger. <laughs> Old ballpark, maybe, Frank. Maybe that was his nickname. What was
1: his name? Pike. Uncle Pike. Yeah. Yes, it was. <laughs> it couldn't be anything else. Old Uncle Pike with the sausage hands. <laughs> sausage <laughs> hands. That was all. <laughs> of them. He's got two hands yeah, with belly hair just on Big them. oven mitts. <laughs> Seven forty-five on Wisconsin's Morning News. Is it Friday? Much.
2: Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Green Bay Packers have wrapped up their joint sessions with the New England Patriots on Thursday afternoon. The two teams will meet on Saturday night for a week two matchup for the preseason. Second year wideout Christian Watson, after seeing a few fights in camp yesterday, yesterday, is a fan of the physicality he is seeing in this version of the Packers.
0: Uh, you yeah, know, I mean, for sure. I mean, I don't think that anyone's, you know, saying that's what we should be doing. Or, I mean, that's, I mean, right at the end of the day, we're there to play football and practice, not uh, do all that extracurricular stuff. But, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's good to see that we have some chippiness. We just got to learn uh, how to, you know, keep it under control.
2: The Packers and Patriots all set to kick off under the bright lights at 7 p.m. in Green Bay at the wonderful Lambeau Field.
1: Brewers 360, sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. No scheduled guest today, Brandon, so just tell us what happened in L.A. Nothing. The end. It was nothing. We scored <laughs> zero runs.
2: Zero runs. Tough stretch for the Brewers here. They lost their third straight game in a row on Thursday night. No offense doing for the Brewers. Just three runs over the three games against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Meanwhile, they scored 14, and, oh. well, that's what happens. And Joe's got some words well, for us.
1: I, I get a text, you know, we're on the show here, this is within the hour and I see right out right away it comes up to my brother and me from my dad. And what did I say?
0: You immediately <laughs> called it, you said, Oh, someone's gonna rant about the yep, brewers. Oh, Joe
1: Vetrano is gonna send me a death knell a death toll for the brewers. Here's his here's his text. Yep. Not ready for primetime players. Owen three versus LA. <laughs> Now a first place Texas team, and then a first place Twins team. Either right the ship against good competition, or watch the Cubs win the division. A nightmare scenario. Bullseye! Oh, Thank you, Dad. Man. So is
2: he is he, he's predicting that it's not going to be a good weekend for uh, for the Milwaukee Brewers. <laughs> he down doesn't in like the lone how it sets state. up. Nope. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's probably not going to be. Uh, the Brewers do kick off three games with the Texas Rangers. That begins tonight, as you just heard. Coverage will get underway right here on WTMJ, beginning at 6 p.m. with our Brewers warm-up. 7.48, Wisconsin's Morning News.
1: 7.53, Wisconsin's Morning News. Mark Tauscher off one more day. Tauscher's back with us next week. Want to look ahead to the GOP presidential debate next week. Right here in Milwaukee, Eric, report on the news this morning. That we're going to start to see some infrastructure going up around Pfizer Forum. Yep. Bit of a security footprint.
0: As early as this weekend, there'll be some street closures in and around that area.
1: And so much focus on whether former President Donald Trump will participate in that debate. We want to talk about who is actually going to be on the stage at Pfizer Forum Wednesday night. Jeffrey Skelly is senior elections analyst at com. He's with us live from New York on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline this morning. Thanks, Jeffrey, for being here. Hey, thank you for having me. So let's do this first. On the question of whether the former president will actually appear here in Milwaukee next week, I'd suggest all signs point to no, right, especially with him now on advice of his attorneys canceling his news conference that he promised for Monday.
3: It does seem that it's more likely than not that he will skip this debate. And and sort of what the debate itself, the, the crux of the issue is that to participate, Anyone who is eligible to to, to to be on stage has to sign a pledge that the Republican National Committee has put together saying that they will support the eventual Republican nominee, regardless of who that is, in November 2024 and that they won't run as a third party or independent candidate. And Trump has said so far that he will not sign that pledge. Uh, he could change his mind, but it does seem increasingly likely that he won't.
0: So why not go after him? We've heard some candidates kind of toe the line, Jeffrey. Why not just make him the target if he's not
3: there? Well, I'm sure that he will be a, a much uh, frequently commented upon uh, topic uh, on the debate stage, whether he's there or not. Um, I think that the, the challenge for the Republican candidates who really might have a chance in this thing if. if Things change to some extent. Um, is that Trump is very popular among Republicans? Obviously, he's polling in the low 50s nationally in primary polls, uh, in the 40s and low 50s in the early state polls. Uh, so, so that tells you he's popular. But if you're looking at favorability, which is something we we keep an eye on. Uh, Trump has a very high net favorability rating among Republicans. So about three-fourths of Republicans have a favorable view of him, and only about a quarter have an unfavorable view of him. Um, That puts him basically above everyone else. Of course, everyone has an opinion about him for the most part. Uh, So someone like DeSantis has a similar degree of favorability, as do people like Tim Scott um, or or Vivek Ramaswamy. They're not as well-known yet, but they are also very popular. But those candidates are like, oh, how do we attack Trump? and bring him down, you know, a couple notches um, and you know improve our standing but but if they attack him they might actually alienate all those voters who like Trump. Um, so that is that is the real tough needle they're trying to thread here.
1: Jeffrey Skelly is a senior elections analyst at 538.com. I want to read a p- uh, a little portion of what you wrote at 538 Jeffrey. Uh, this is uh, in an article, and you can check it out at 538.com. Of course, it's entirely understandable why these candidates have once again avoided hitting Trump over his legal troubles. Winning the GOP primary will require threading the needle of attracting support from a mostly pro-Trump party without alienating Trump supporting voters by criticizing Trump, exactly what you were just characterizing here. I guess at this point, what I'm saying, though, is you indicate you know, your, your five thirty-eight aggregate polling is showing like a 40-point gap between DeSantis, the next, next viable candidate and Trump, like if you're saving your quarterback or your starting players for the next round of the playoffs, you You might might not not get get to that game,
3: right? (laughs) 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 No, I mean, I think that's, that's totally true. And and I will say we've seen some like subtle shifts uh, in terms of, of, of the the kinds of things that some of the candidates are saying, you know, for instance, uh, you know, Nikki Haley has been trying to sort of, she's been a, a little bit more critical of Trump than some of the others, um, who I would sort of group in the like not clearly anti-Trump category, like a Chris Christie. Um, but at the end of the day, she's trying to say, look, we should we need to move forward as a party. There's, uh, you know, a lot of this legal stuff is distraction. You know, it's just distracting from the important issues. So that, that's one approach. Um, but it, again, to your point, it's not actually taking on Trump. And for someone like Desantis, you know, we saw this memo that that was found on the internet basically from his super PAC uh, that's supporting him that, you know, he's going to take the approach of Trump's not on stage of defending Trump. So it's an opportunity to sort of try to to win over some of those voters who like Trump and attack Vivek Ramaswamy, who he now sees as a potential threat sort of on the right in terms of uh, appealing to voters in the Republican party who, who generally like what Ramaswamy has to say, just as they tend to like what DeSantis has to say. Um, So yeah, it's, 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 it's they're between a rock and a hard place in terms of how do they, they do this. And they may be hoping that, that Trump's legal troubles end up creating an opening later in this campaign that does not currently exist. But of course, that is entirely speculative, and we have no idea how that's going to play out.
1: I wonder what you think of this, Jeffrey. I've been asked uh, by folks who are going to be covering the debate. Well, what are Wisconsin voters, because it's here in Milwaukee, what what are Wisconsin voters looking to see on stage, Trump or no Trump? And my answer to that would be, I think Wisconsin voters are going to be looking for whether any of these other candidates could be viable. Who in that group rises up if it doesn't end up being former President Trump as the nominee? Who else up there could I vote for?
3: Oh, I think that's a good way of looking at it. And Wisconsin is actually an interesting place for this to sort of kick off if Trump's not on stage. I mean, recall in the 2016 Republican primary, he lost Wisconsin to Ted Cruz. Uh, So in terms of a group of voters out there who who may like Trump and a lot of the things that he did as president and like a lot of things that he has said and done overall... They may, you know, Wisconsin might be a place where we have a few more Republican voters who are more open to looking at viable alternatives. So it is a real opportunity for these other candidates, and you know that's that's actually a question mark about is this like a tactical mistake by Trump if he doesn't actually attend because he's giving away the spotlight to a bunch of other candidates. Now, he it sounds like would would probably do some sort of counter programming the same you know this, around the same time that evening. Um, but at the end of the day, like this is a, a debate on Fox News, there be a lot of eyeballs. Um And so Republican voters who are thinking, well, you know, I like Trump and right now I support him, but I don't know that much about some of these other candidates yet. You know, it, it is definitely a real opportunity for these candidates if Trump is not on the stage, because he's going to be the main topic. But he would also just get, you know, almost certainly the most mic time if he were on stage. Jeffrey Skelly, senior
1: elections analyst at com. You can read his work there right now. Thanks, Jeffrey. Great to talk with you.
3: Hey, Thank you for having me.